Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Maria's Mutts and Stuff. What a great idea! On iHeartRadio. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Maria's Mutts and Stuff. It's Maria Melito, and with me I have Dr. Karen Stasiak, who is obviously a veterinarian. And uh, something that we keep hearing about, because I actually had spoken with other vets back uh, in the spring, is canine flu. So Dr. Stasiak is going to inform us, and we're going to talk about canine flu. So first, thank you for being on the podcast with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about um, infectious disease in dogs, and in particular, canine influenza, as we've been seeing lots of outbreaks across the country. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy because, um, like I said, I, you know, I had done this topic before, spoken about it back in the spring, but obviously it's not like a, a seasonal uh, influenza. It seems like now it's an all-year-long all type of d- uh, disease, I guess. Yeah, it's different from human flu. We we see it all year round with the dogs, so we can't count on a particular flu season. Mm. That's why it's just seeming to continue. Right, right. So, okay, so let's start from the beginning. So if someone's dog, and obviously it's canine flu, right, it, it, it can only be spread within canines, like not to a cat or another, like a rabbit. I know that's a stupid no, question, but it's just it's not. It's not at all a stupid question. I love it. You know, it's, it's predominantly a canine flu, so okay. it's spread dog to dog. Okay. However, we have had instances where cats are, have contracted canine flu, so it is contagious. To oh, cats. interesting. And it's still called canine flu, even though a cat gets it. That's even more interesting. That's even more interesting. I know, I know. Okay, so what should a dog owner look for symptom-wise, for starters? Sure. Most dogs, when they have a respiratory infection, they present the same, whether it's caused by flu or a bacteria or a different virus. And they'll, you know, like us with flu, they'll be not feeling well, moping around, maybe not wanting to eat. They develop a cough, mm-hmm. and the cough can last for two to three weeks. A lot of them will have nasal discharge, eye drainage, and fever. And, you know, I think when you look in a dog's eyes, you can just tell when they don't feel good. You right, see yeah. In the eyes. And so they'll have that same sort of sort of look to them. Right. Uh, and they would need to go, um, you know, to the vet to make sure they're not getting a, a deeper infection in their lungs, like a pneumonia. That can certainly happen as a consequence of the flu. So it's not the type of thing where, uh, like for us, if we get a cold and you don't really, you don't take care of it, eventually the cold goes away. But with canine flu, if you ignore it, 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 I mean, I guess there are cases where it could become fatal if you don't, if you don't, the dog doesn't get taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the concern is, you know, when dogs get flu, it sets their respiratory tract up to have secondary infections come in that can be. Um, much more serious when they have more than one um, disease going on at any one time. And that's where you get increased symptom severity and increased chance of mortality. Right, right. Now, are certain dogs more at risk, let's say, like senior dogs or 
uh, a dog that's already has some sort of infection or something, or they, I guess, because their immunity is lower. So that would be yeah. kind of similar to people. Absolutely. You think about, you know, people that are more susceptible to infections, whether they have a current illness or they're, they're older or maybe they're younger, mm-hmm. a young puppy, for example. We also have the added complexity in our dog population that we have shelters that house um, large numbers of dogs in stressful conditions. And, um, you know, uh, that to me is a very vulnerable population sure. where we know that our you know, a lot of people think of our pet dogs as very different and separated from shelter dogs, but, you know, we know our shelter dogs come in and out of the community all the time. And right. so any time we would have a dog that maybe gets lost, gets picked up and goes into the shelter and maybe is harboring the flu, um, that could be devastating to those population of dogs. Oh, there. sure. And how is it spread? Is it airborne or is it, say, dogs in a dog park because they're spitting on each other while they're playing Yes, dogs do like to, to swap, <laughs> and play and grab a hold of each other. And, you know, and I think it's, it's interesting because dogs will shed the most amount of virus and be the most contagious uh-huh. before they show any sign that they're ill. So it's, you know, not. Oh, uh, I see. You know, people aren't intentionally taking their sick dog and making other dogs sick. If the dog doesn't look sick. So the they don't know. Sharing oh. balls, sharing water. Yeah. And so certainly that kind of contact. But we also know it can be transmitted airborne. Mm. Dog coughing will spray up to 20 feet. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So that just got popped into my head. So your dog can get it even just walking past a dog on the sidewalk. Yeah. If absolutely. it's airborne. And the flu virus will live on surfaces. So you know, many of the dogs, um, you know, if they live in high rises and they just share a common elevator, they've picked up influenza just from being in the same elevator where the virus is living on um, the surface for 24 to 48 hours. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. That's that's actually a long, that's a pretty uh, strong strain there that it could live so long on, on a surface like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the nature of, the, you know, the virus that it just gets on things. And it's sort of like us in flu season when you get your hand on a doorknob or something and you may pick up a, a bug. It's sort of a similar idea. Right, right. And so now we said that it's not seasonal. It happens throughout the year. Do you see more cases of it, say, in the spring and summer because more people are out with their dogs or they bring them to the dog park more often? Or is it just it's all the time? Well, you know, I think. It's really all the time. I mean, certainly you have increased movement of dogs during the travel summer months. So we have seen, you know, dogs traveling, taking it to new areas of the country where they have not had this virus before. Oh, sure. But during, like, when we think about, uh, you know, winter and vacations and people boarding their animals. Right. Um, during the, the holiday time. So, you know, that's part of the reason we don't really see a true seasonality because dogs are, you know, coming into contact with other dogs all the time. All the time, they yeah. Live, they live a great social life, our dogs these days. That's true. <laughs> Aren't they lucky? <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> no, it's true. So I guess the answer to all of this is to get the dogs vaccinated, correct? Yes, that is the only way to prevent um, the virus from, you know, causing a dog to have symptoms. And we know, you know, vaccination has historically and remains so one of the most important cost-effective and safest forms of medicine that we can deliver. Because of our dogs uh, don't have any immunity to this virus, Mm -hmm. 80% of them, when they come in contact with it, will develop clinical signs. Oh, wow. So 
widespread vaccination, like, sort of like we do with human flu, that would be very helpful to um, prevent the spread of the disease and to help control all these outbreaks. Um, you know, at Zoetis, we have made a bivalent, so it covers for both strains of influenza. That's been shown to be very safe and highly efficacious in helping prevent this disease. And that's really the, the only way. I mean, for people who, because I know, you know, of course we have people who don't like to get their children vaccinated. So, you know, there is a whole score of people who don't like to get their animals vaccinated. Is That's the only really way. Like there's nothing homeopathic, say, that would achieve yeah. the same results. No, right? I, I wish there were. I mean, I, yeah. I, I wish there was some other way. I, you know, sort of listen to people talk about, and, you know, one person's suggestion I heard was that, well, dogs just shouldn't go anywhere. Well, what kind of life is that? Yeah, that's, that's not, yeah. Yeah, that's not, but that's not why we have dogs. That's so. right. They're so social, yeah. Yeah, and, and since there's no good treatment for flu other than just trying to manage symptoms and limit, um, you know, extra infections that come along with it, you know, vaccination really is the simplest form. And, you know, in my practice career, I've been involved with respiratory outbreaks and flu outbreaks. And I can tell you one of the most stressful and heart-wrenching things for me is when I have a dog that gets sick or then subsequently passes away from a disease that was easily preventable through vaccination. Oh. It's really, really tough. Yeah, that's sad. That's really sad. Yeah. I mean, because there are certain things that we can we can control, and this is one of them. So, yeah, that's that's very sad. And, of course, the owners, I'm sure, are racked by guilt forever because they didn't realize or, yeah, I, I yeah. totally understand. Yeah. yeah. You don't realize, and you know, vaccinations are, are very safe. It's how we have controlled, you know, infectious disease for you know, long periods of time. For a long time, sure. They work, they work really well. Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, it just sounds like it's the right thing for anyone to do, regardless if their dogs go to the dog park or uh, daycare or you're going to travel, even but even in contact with other dogs in your building or on the street. It seems like it, it's a smart thing to do, like even people who live in rural areas. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Their dogs, you know, talk to my friends. I grew up in rural Ohio and right. you know, their dogs still run the fence line with other dogs and and can go to the vet clinic and pick up. We've seen uh, outbreaks at vet hospitals and dogs have gotten sick from just going to the to the doctor for routine care. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like the vaccination is is the answer. Um, is there something are there any symptoms that the dog shows after having like I guess after like like we do after having a vaccination, the dog maybe should rest for a while. Or are there any, you know, like sometimes when people get flu shots, they get a little form of the flu. Does that happen the same with dogs? And this is just you know, me being an idiot when it comes to medical no, stuff. <laughs> I think it's it's a great question because there's so many corollaries. People always ask about human flus and dog flus, and same for the vaccine. So I really appreciate oh, that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the um, the canine flu shot is a killed. Uh, type of vaccine shot, so there's not live virus in there, so the dog can't get the flu from. Oh, the okay. Flu shot. okay. Yeah, um, and and in particular, you know, when we looked at um, you know, the vaccine and you know what kind of events did dogs have after vaccination, we didn't see anything really exciting. Might the dog feel a little tired? Maybe, but that's really not anything of major concern or anything that we saw. You know, the most common. Um, 
uh, event that we saw after getting poked with a needle was a little vocalization in a small number of dogs. <laughs> I always say, I think I vocalized after my flu shot last year as well. So That's true. I, I wouldn't expect um, a lot of people to be dissatisfied with how the dog is after that. Too. Right, right. So, yeah, so that that makes a lot of sense. So it's very different than when we get it. So, yeah. which is yeah. good. So, so it's good. Yeah. Dogs are tough. They're tougher than we are anyway. Well, that's true. Oh my goodness. It's so true. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I'm fascinated when I see a dog with three legs and I think, oh my God, you know, or you see a dog, an older dog that's losing its sight and they, well, yeah. they accommodate themselves. They figure it out. It's uh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're very much more resilient than we are. That's for sure. Correct. So, okay, this is completely unrelated. Uh, I, I think it's unrelated, but I saw something on the news this past week. And anytime, you know, I'm watching like network news and then all of a sudden they have something about an animal, I always have to stop and pay attention. And it was, and of course, you know, it's not ratings period because this headline made it sound like it was, but it was a, a couple of people in the country, and I'm sure maybe it was like two or three people, they died from their dog's saliva. And it's, they said, did you hear this over the weekend? And it was crazy. It was said that. I can't see that. Yes. But that has nothing, like I was just, and they said then, they followed it up with, well, the people had low immune systems. And they were showing you, of course, every, the B-roll was every single person being kissed by their dogs, which is something we all do. You know, those of us who have dogs. So, yeah, but, absolutely. And, and I, I did see that news story and it's because it's caused quite a stir for people and, you know, extremely rare. That's what I thought. Event. Yeah. Rare event. Yeah. Um, you know, as of right now, there's been uh, no documented transfer of dog flu to people. Right. We do know that people can transmit their flu to dogs and cats. Oh. Then, you know, the dogs and cats might have symptoms, but they're not able to transmit it either back to a human or to, or to another dog or cat. But, um, you know, I would be more worried about that sort of transmission. Sure. Uh, we're watching canine flu um, in Asia because they have seen some recombinations of the dog flu with swine flu and human flu in Asia and still trying to try to track to see if that's going to be a, a risk for for transmission humans later on. But um, for right now, those events you described in the news are extremely rare. Extreme, right, yeah. And tragic, very tragic. Oh, I know. I was so crazy. I was like, what? So, and anyway, you you just actually uh, juggled my my mind for another question. Um, Are there, like, you see how with people flus, every year there's like a different strain and they say to you, oh, well, you can get a flu shot, but it only covers like one of the 80,000 strains that are out there. With canine flu, is it the same thing that there are different strains or is it pretty similar and basic because it's canine? Yeah. You know, the United States is the only country in the world that has two strains of dog flu. Oh, really? <laughs> of course we the are. Original, <laughs> the original dog flu was actually a horse flu that jumped from a horse. There was enough point mutations in the flu to allow it to be transmitted to dogs. Wow. And it became our you know, first dog flu in the United States. That happened in 2004. And, you know, we still see that circulate. It's not, um, you know, as widespread in terms of outbreaks like we're seeing now because, that flu is shed for a very short period of time. So dogs aren't contagious for as long as we're seeing with the flu we have now. The flu we have now actually was imported from Asia in 2015. It had been their predominant uh, dog flu over in Asia for quite a while and has been stable. So we've not seen a lot of mutation in that over time. And so we don't anticipate right now that we would see 
you know, mutations to the point that the vaccines would not work. Got it. Got it. So it's very, in that case, it's very different than people flu. Yeah, Yeah. it is. And, you know, we'll watch to make sure we're not seeing those mutations over time. We track that, um, you know, different various virology uh, labs that look for these things. But yeah, as of right now, those viruses have been very stable and, and the vaccines have been very efficacious for both strains. Well, that's good. No, that's actually better and, and very good to know. Yeah, you know, it's comforting, right? Yeah, it's very, that's exact. That's the word I'm looking for. It's very comforting. Sure, because yeah. I it always, I mean, I have to be honest, I never get a flu shot because every time it comes out um, and I don't get the flu, so knock wood, but I don't get one because I always feel like, oh, you know, the, the, you hear that it's covering so many strains, but then there are all these other strains that, you all know. All these other strains, exactly. Yeah. We sort of guess, try to guess which one yes. is cover and, yeah. you know, yeah, even on the, the best year the the human flu vaccine is is not that efficacious it sort of counts on you know more people getting it and sort of surrounding people that don't get it and, and protecting through that mechanism but right the, the vaccine for dog flu is is very efficacious right so are we seeing now that uh the cases of canine flu are decreasing because of people getting vaccinations or that is that just wishful thinking that at this point is wishful thinking mm-hmm. i i Unfortunately, you know, week to week here where there's new cases popping up and, you know, it's spreading and the outbreaks are always moving. Right now there's a large one in Michigan and Connecticut. You guys have had some cases in New York, been in California. There's always cases in Chicago. I know that um, for veterinary hospitals that have had major outbreaks and, you know, lots of sick dogs or maybe had to close their facility for a while, Wow. Many of them are getting on board and going, you know, we really need to get ahead of this and, and sort of build that immunity in our dog population. And that's really the only thing that's going to long term um, protect all of the dogs, um, right. whether they be pet dogs or the shelter dogs. And so really encouraging um, owners to be educated so they know sure. that they, they need this vaccine for the, the lifestyle that their dogs are living and to um, request that. And then certainly veterinarians to know what the risk is to their um, their, their practice, to their patients, to um, their livelihood, and, and trying to get ahead of such an easily preventable disease. Sure. So simple to me. Yeah, no, it sounds it sounds simple. I mean, I, I'm thinking now we're getting into the back-to-school time, so it's almost like, you know, if you're buying backpacks and books for your kids, maybe you should also take your dog to the vet and get it vaccinated just because it's part of that, you know, the people the people and the animals that you take care of. You know, it's yeah, part, like make yeah. it like the same ritual. Or if you're, you know, just like when we take our animals, hopefully people take their dogs and cats for their yearly exam. You should just put it on the list there if your vet doesn't yeah. suggest it. Yeah, absolutely, because uh, it's uh, a huge risk and it's easily preventable. So I, I think anything that makes it a routine is always easier. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's like giving yeah. uh, heartworm and flea and tick meds. It should be in the yeah. same thought process. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Well, Dr. Stasiak, thank you so much for all this information. I definitely have learned more today <laughs> about oh, this. Wow. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to speak with you. No, thank you so much. And uh, let's hope that people get on board and, and vaccinate their their dogs just like they would their kids. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.